Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, this is Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. So as fools, we are seeking to discover Christ in everything from the banal to the sublime. Welcome to today's podcast. The topic of today is forming a habit of prayer, which we thought was particularly germane because we are in the season of Lent. And one of the things the church invites us to do, in addition to fasting and almsgiving, is to enter and increase our prayer more and more. So why do we pray? I think that's a valid question that we need to make sure that we understand in ourselves before we start to take that on. Right. Otherwise, you might think, okay, I need to pray, so you're just talking to thin air. But really, prayer is nothing other than a relationship with God. And I love that definition because, I mean, think about the relationships you have with others, with a friend that you have, a really good friend, you know. Uh, How did you get to the point of being in that relationship with them? Um, I think it probably had a lot of (laughs) time spent together. Um, And then I'm sure there were nights when you talked for long periods of time into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, You know, like you share what's on your heart, they share what's on theirs. And so it's this mutual dialogue that happens between you two. So you're spending time together, you're doing things together, and then you're speaking to and listening to the other person. Um, I love when, (laughs) when you're falling in love with someone, um, it's, people frequently talk about the, like, gazing into each other's eyes and, um, and seeing the soul. And so I think of that in regards to the Eucharist of, um, just being in the Lord's presence and gazing upon him. And so all of those things are elements of our prayer, uh, whether we bring that in when we're at mass or during our personal prayer time when we're alone and um and able to enter into that dialogue with him right it's just like any friendship uh we've our our interaction has very structured and informal uh time spent together and then very informal very um relaxed casual and i frequently especially working in schools have opportunities to share with students this thought that, you know, if you, if you stopped talking with your friends, if you stopped spending time with them, you just, your friendship would disappear. And then people wonder like, why do I feel distant from God? Because as it's three persons, you have failed to spend time with any of those three persons. So you shouldn't be surprised. In fact, it's the most expected thing that you would not feel close. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's just it. It's letting you know, hey, you're normally, you're functioning as you're supposed to. You don't feel close to three persons that you should be, that you should feel close to because you're not spending time with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we specifically want to talk about looking at prayer as a habit because it's, it's one thing to pray when you're in a good mood, when everything's going great, uh, when the sun's shining. But habits will help you to pray when you most need to but you least want to. So the times when you feel far from God, the times when you feel as though God has abandoned you, the times when you feel lonely, 
those might be the hardest times to pray because you, you wonder, you almost search for justification. Why am I doing this? It feels as if there's, there's no point to it. That's the time when the habit carries you through to do the right thing. Just like whether it's exercise or dieting, it's, you want that, the habit of exercise and diet, not when you want to exercise and diet, (laughs) but when you don't want to. So that you continue to do it. And I think there are, there are different ways to pray. I know the catechism teaches us this. There's so many different um, aspects of prayer, thanksgiving, petition. And with this in particular, we're just talking about prayer in general. So right. if when you think of prayer, you think about asking God for things, that's just one aspect of prayer. Um, and we need to remember that there's so much more to prayer than just asking things of the Lord. Uh, and while that is so important and such a good part of our relationship with the creator of heaven and earth, um, there's so much more to it. There's so much more to being a friend. Um, I mean, I know I, I ask things of my best friend all the time, but um, there's so much more to a relationship than just that. Right. And if you if a relationship with a human being was simply limited to you asking for things, not only would it not really be a friendship, but you wouldn't recognize, you wouldn't experience the joy and the, the riches of a full friendship where there's mm-hmm. a whole lot more going on than simply a, a transactional style where it's, okay, what can you do for me? What do you have for me? Yeah. And yeah. if, as we go through some of the steps of building these habits of prayer, you think this is so uh, almost annoying. Why do we have to, to bother talking about the little tiny pieces that make up a habit? Again, it's because uh, when it's easy to pray, you don't need a habit. But we're trying to set things up so that uh, a month and a half from now, when you don't really feel like continuing with your habit of prayer for Lent or continuing with whatever you said you were going to do, you have the habit there and you have the the impetus and the uh, still the motivation to keep praying even when it's hard. And this is what, what allows really the saints and, and everybody in the church who has a great relationship with God to pray diligently in the same way uh, and give God lots of time in their life for years and years and years rather than than always making the excuse, oh, I I just don't have time. Habits help you make time. Mm -hmm. So we're actually going to go back to one of our first shows where we talked about New Year's resolutions and making habits stick. Um, This information comes from Stanford psychologist Dr. B.J. Fogg. And he gives us three steps for helping make any habit stick. Um, The first is you need to establish an authentic motivation to change the habit. Uh, Luckily, prayer will probably be its its own motivation. I don't think anybody's going to need additional motivation to that. Um, Prayer is going to help you be closer to God. That will bring you more joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good motivation. And well, and in addition to that, I will talk a little bit about that when we talk about preparing for prayer yeah. and looking at the grace that we are going to ask the Lord for in that time of prayer. That's that's very connected to that authentic motivation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's rather than having like a big nebulous idea, like, Lord, I want to be happier, asking very specifically for something. Um, the second step is finding a simple action that makes the new habits easy to accomplish. So it's almost as if you, if you look at your new habit, your new action as a chain what is every single link in that chain composed of? So 
if you are going to pray, what is the very first step? What's that first link that you need to, to come to in order to get to the whole thing? Um, it's kind of like the, the adage, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Often it can be, especially with me, when I think of adding something new to my life, it can be daunting because it can be complicated or it can be big and I don't know where to start. Yeah. And so by establishing the little actions that make up a big action, you give yourself a very easy place to start. Yeah. And then <laughs> finally, you need to establish a trigger that cause. are you imagining me eating an elephant? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking my answer to that would be, uh, you don't eat an elephant, <laughs> you walk away. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I, so maybe a, a better one would be, I have a professor right now um, who talks about his old Irish grandfather and the advice he would give on how you accomplish any large task. He says, Waller, you know how you, you, know how you do anything? One potato at a time. You just want, do it one potato, one at, a potato time, at a time. And so if you're, you know, if you're trying to feed 100 people, you do it by peeling one potato at a time. There you go. But our, so our third step <laughs> in making a habit stick um, is identifying and establishing a trigger action that causes your first action. So essentially setting up some kind of mechanism in your life where one thing almost automatically leads to another. So in your life, you might say, all right, I want to pray in the morning because that's when I'm the freshest and the most alert. And so my trigger is going to be taking a shower or my trigger is going to be starting the coffee. And the moment I start my coffee, that's when I know my next action is going to be the first action in my habit of prayer. Uh, and this works for whatever you're doing, but we'll, we'll limit it to prayer today. Well, and that reminds me of Pavlov and the the conditioning yeah. of dogs, you know, they ring a bell, that means they're getting food or they're getting a treat, and I don't remember exactly. I've, psychology was so long ago that I took that class. But you actually become conditioned to expect the food whenever you hear the bell. Right. So I actually conditioned myself recently yeah? to, to study a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. So um, it was one of my classes, and oddly enough, the professor for a class on school leadership gave us a book on animal training. It's called Don't Shoot the Dog. Uh, it's actually a really interesting book if anybody's interested. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold on. I let me get this straight. So you utilized a dog training manual to train yourself on how to study better? I did, yes. Because even the the methods that work for training dogs actually work well for training humans. That's amazing. Although I have to say with a caveat, you cannot treat human beings like dogs. You have to make sure that you respect <laughs> people's freedom and they're fully aware of the experiments you're you're uh, doing upon them at the time. Um, oh, man. So anyway, I did this experiment on myself, so I was fully aware. And I had a very big project that I knew would take several weeks of time. And I'm, I'm a procrastinator. I tend to put things off. And so I gave myself a schedule, and I decided I was going to condition myself by giving myself a reward. Um, the reward for my action was eating some very nice chocolate. So I went out, oh. and I bought some... I think fair trade chocolate and it had fun stuff in it. So one oh. had bacon and one had ginger. What? Yeah, no, bacon chocolate is a thing now. Okay. Um, so ginger, lemon, or maybe, I don't know, there's all sorts of good stuff. Um, and so I started off with very small steps. I would study for 30 minutes and then I would give myself a piece of chocolate. And if I was on task, then I got it. And if I was not on task, then I did not get it. So I just had to sit there and stare at this small oh square of goodness. chocolate. Uh, and the, the hardest part was actually not eating it when I wasn't studying because it was there in the house. 
Uh, and then I, I gradually weaned myself to longer and longer periods of time without chocolate. Uh, but it was very successful. I got the project done and, and did a very good job on it. Uh, so That's I, hilarious. I can at least test that operant conditioning works uh, with studying and chocolate. So hopefully it works for <laughs> prayer. And hey, if you, even though it's Lent, if it helps you to pray, don't feel bad about giving yourself a little bit of chocolate. That's kind of, I mean, prayer is important. It, it's important to give things up, but talking with God is really important too. Yeah, yeah. That actually, it reminds me of, um, I, I think I unintentionally conditioned myself. I got, so I got bronchitis and uh, I was a residence director. So I only had a staff of five people. And so I really was only in, interacting with those five people while I was really sick mm-hmm. because, you know, you don't want it to spread. It was nice of you. <laughs> um, so I had this one employee, Mary Ellen, who would make me laugh anytime I was with her. And so I would start coughing anytime I laughed because, you know, bronchitis, that's what happens. But a year later, we realized when I no longer had bronchitis, anytime she specifically made me laugh, I would start coughing. Was it just Mary Ellen or was it anybody? It was only Mary Ellen. Only Mary Ellen. So you had conditioned yourself to cough based on Mary, Mary Ellen's, Ellen's jokes. <laughs> wow, that's so you should you should try to decondition that. I don't know if you still talk to her enough, but you could so just like you can condition yourself to do something, you can decondition yourself. Interesting. Um, so if you have habits that keep you from praying, you could try to decondition those habits so that they no longer interrupt you. But what's really cool about it is that it was a physical response. Right. You know, that it had become so much a part of my muscle memory mm-hmm. that I just automatically did it even when I no longer needed to. Yeah. Um, you know, physically needed to cough. <laughs> so I hope that as some of you develop this habit, that you will uh, you will establish essentially like the same pattern of muscle memory or, or like almost spiritual muscle memory that you will automatically begin having the same reactions and the same openness to the Lord as you as you establish this behavior. So there's one really good reason. It just makes it easy to pray. You'll you'll start praying automatically, just like Kimmy started coughing automatically <laughs> as she laughed. So poor Mary Ellen. Let's let's break down some behavior real quick. If you um, the, probably the first step is not not just walking into a, uh, a room in the morning and saying, okay, now I'm going to pray, but deciding how you want to pray and what it is you're going to do. Uh, and maybe even, there's lots of great ways to do that, so we're not going to advocate for anyone in particular, but whether you want to read scripture more, do Lexio Divina, read from a, a devotional, pray the rosary, anything, decide what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, Kimmy, let's say someone wanted to do Lexio Divina more. What would be the first link in that chain of behavior? What do they need to do um, as that first action that they're going to set out? Well, I think they need to put their Bible out. Okay. You know, if you're going to do Lexio Divina, you need to be able to read your scripture. And so that would mean, you know, if you want to pray in the morning, it would mean putting your Bible out um, as your first first step, your first link in the chain. Gotcha. So if you if you want to make this habit stick, your first decision is, right, what are you going to do? You've made that decision, you're going to read scripture. Second decision should be, what specifically are you going to read? So we'll make this easy, daily readings. Um, and then, put your Bible out. So that's, now that you know what you're going to do. 
Well, and I don't want to just skim over that. Yeah. Um, knowing what scripture you're, if you're going to do Lectio Divina, knowing what scripture you're going to be praying with before you enter into prayer mm-hmm. is very important. And yeah. I had a spiritual director who actually encouraged me to read over just very quickly read over the scripture the night before, before mm-hmm. I prayed with it in the morning, just so that it was already in my mind and a part of my consciousness. So that when I woke up and actually prayed with it and dove into it, right. that it was so much more fruitful already. No, that's... Um, but having having the scripture in place of this is what I'm going to read, um, and even having it open before you start praying is really helpful so that you're not looking for it, fumbling through, where did it say that again? You know, where was that parable found? Right. Um, then you have to pull out your phone and Google it, and then you see a text from so-and-so. You know, like, that can just lead to a chain of, of spiraling you away yeah, from that yeah. time. Next thing you know, you're looking at Sports Center, and you're like, how did I get here? I'm supposed to be praying. <laughs> um, so the, let's say um, you are gonna, you're going to read Scripture. So walk through the, like, make sure you've got all that in place first. Go through the Scripture the night before, read it. Uh, and then in the morning, your first action is just simply getting your Bible out. So establish your trigger action, which we're going to say would be uh, taking a shower. Um, so once you take a shower, you know um, the very next thing you do is put your Bible out. So don't worry about anything else. Just do that one simple action. And then immediately give yourself your reward. So whatever it was, that can be your coffee, that can be chocolate, or if the prayer itself is the reward, feel free to go through with that. But remember, you're not trying to build the Great Wall of China in a day. You're establishing a habit that will last with you for the rest of your life. Um, every day, continue to add one of those links in that in that chain. So, um, after you say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my Bible out," the next day or the next week, you could say, "All right, now, the next step would be placing yourself in God's presence." And uh, Kimi, you earlier you had alluded to the importance of doing this and really what we can ask for. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so in a friendship, um, <laughs> just being present to someone is so important. So there's a not being distracted. You know, um, I think everyone's had the experience where they've been talking to someone and you just see the other person's eyes dart to other things in the you know in the atmosphere behind you. And you know you don't have their full attention. And so it's making sure that you yourself are giving your full attention to the Lord and to that time of prayer. And so it's cutting out all those distractions. Um, but then it's also calling upon him. And so I like to call upon the Blessed Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And um, each of those three persons to place myself um, before each of them. And to, I find that that helps ground me. It's, I think that's a good way to put it. It grounds me in that moment that I'm with them. Um, and then ask for a grace. So for the first time that I started praying with scripture, I was asking for the grace to grow in greater love of the God. And so I think that lasted me for like two years. I'm asking for that same grace every time I went into prayer. But this is a very Ignatian understanding of prayer because when you go through the spiritual exercises, there's a different grace for every week or every day of the 30-day Ignatian retreat. And so um, different graces could be something like um, increase my joy at encountering you 
or help me to see you in everyone I meet or um, increase my desire for you. There can be so many different graces that you ask for, but it's directed at your relationship with God. You know, what is it that you want the Lord to do in you during that time? And it's a chance for you to tell him that and invite him, thereby inviting him in to your life to do it. Do, so that it sounds like this can become, and should become a very, very personal request. Um, what if people are, are a little hesitant or maybe feel like they're overstepping to ask for something so particular for themselves? Um, or may, or almost feel as if they're needy with respect to their relationship with God. Yeah. Um, I would say feeling needy in respect to your relationship with God is exactly where we should be. Um, and I don't, I don't want to downplay that sentiment of, of not wanting to over, over ask or ask too much or be, um, like a brat (laughs) and saying, Lord, do this for me. You know, I want this now. Um, but what you're asking for here with this grace is you're, it's basically an invitation for the Lord to do something and move in your life. Mm -hmm. And you're basically saying, Lord, I'm going to be looking for you to do this. Um, so one that I was recently praying with was, um, God provides for me. And so I was looking in scripture, in my day-to-day life for the ways that God was providing for me. And I was asking him to do that for me. And so it was like this both and of, um, Lord, I invite you, I invite you to provide for me. And I I ask you to do that. And then I'm going to seek to find you in my life in the ways that you're providing for me. And that's going to be a way that I can encounter you at every moment of my day. And so I think when you look at it that way, when you look at it practically, right. it becomes less and less about um, the image of my mind is like a bratty little five-year-old saying, I want this right now. Yeah. You know, it becomes less and less that and more and more about, um, Lord, I just want to be with you. And this is how, this is how this could work. You know, like here, please, please enter in. So that even if, uh, wherever you are in establishing the, the chain of, or your, your habit chain, um, if you stopped right there for a week, that itself sounds like it would be a very beautiful prayer and would probably be a great way to start your day. Yeah. So there's a couple other things we wanted to touch on. Uh, one was the, uh, the problem of scrupulosity. And um, if you're not familiar with this, scrupulousness or scrupulosity is uh, a problem that we sometimes get into. Um, and it's essentially when we start doing things for uh, not for the right reason, but just because we think we need to do them and, and almost checking a box and we can become very compulsive about saying, okay, I, I have to pray because uh, it's what I'm supposed to do. And this can, in, in some circumstances, I'm sure it does lead to very deep spiritual problems where we're not praying for the sake of being in communion with God, but simply because we're almost afraid of not praying, of what it's going to do to our life, or Mm. afraid of offending God. Yeah. Uh, What would you add to that? Yeah. Um, Oh, I I struggle with scrupulosity a lot. Um, And it's it's like a... (laughs) When the stress enters in, 
um, when, when there's that feeling of unrest, mm-hmm. that to me is showing me that I'm being too scrupulous. Like yeah. that's not, um, this should flow freely. This should be, become a part of me. Um, yeah. Okay. So just if, if you start to notice that you're like prayer is stressing you out, you're getting stressed out about the quality of your prayer or the frequency of your prayer, the quantity, anything, that's probably a good time to, to just seek direction from a priest or, or someone you know who's pretty advanced in the spiritual life, a spiritual director, anyone you may have. Uh, and they could kind of help walk you through the steps of avoiding your scrupulousness. Uh, so really, ultimately, so that prayer can be a much freer, joyful experience. Uh, well, and yeah, it's less about how much you do and more about just being with God. Yeah. If you're looking at this as a relationship, it, you know, it's not about what you do. When you're with your best friend, it becomes less about what you're actually doing with that person, but more about just being with yeah, that person. Yeah, it's all about the, the person you're with, mm-hmm. um, which means that the activity, the discussion, that, that frequently becomes much less important, and you're just happy to be with someone. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing we wanted to talk about was uh, the importance of silence. And um, really, this just in the same way as you would with any friend, um, you don't always need to be saying something. Sometimes you can listen. Sometimes the activity really just means you, you just be with them. You sit. Uh, if, you were, if you were going on a walk, if you were um, on a train through the mountains of Switzerland looking at the mountains or, or something mm-hmm. awesome like that, you don't need to say anything. You can just be, be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at this time that God really starts to do things with us. It's when he speaks to yeah. us in the still small voice. And so if silence is not a part of your habit of prayer, we want to invite you to, to incorporate silence. And it might be hard at first. You might think, well, what am I going to do? Nothing. You, are, you, you pray, <laughs> but you listen. You listen for the voice of God. And if you, if you don't feel like anything's going on, remember, uh, put yourself in God's presence and he will speak to you in that silence. And going back to the whole friend analogy, when you're with a friend who only talks at you and doesn't actually listen to what you're saying, I mean, I don't think you'd consider that person a friend for very much longer no. because there's, no, there's nothing reciprocal about it. Right. And so it's the same with prayer. We need to, yes, we need to talk and we need to speak to the Lord and tell him what's on our hearts and ask for those graces, like I mentioned, but then we need to listen. We need to take time to just receive. Yeah. And you, the only time that you, you talk as much as you listen is when you're talking with an equal. Uh, and so if you're talking with someone who's a, at least a little bit smarter than you, it makes sense to listen a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think in our situation with God, uh, we should be listening more than we should be speaking. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think the last thing that we wanted to talk about was there is a checkbox kind of system that Deacon Ralph Poyo helped develop. He's the founder of New Evangelization Ministries. I met him while I was up in Ohio, and he was so wonderful to meet with a group of us and do a kind of discipleship training and teach us how to, how to really develop the discipline of prayer in our life. And so one of the things that he did was he listed all the days of the month. So if you picture just like a mini calendar, like, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that like an insurance company will send you with yeah. a magnet on the fridge or something like that. Um, and then he says, um, put an X over the day 
if you have gotten your quiet time in. Do a circle around it if you got into mass. A square if it's uh, a day that you went to reconciliation. And underline the date, like the, the number, if you were able to get um, a small group fellowship discussion on the faith. And so it's basically, it's holding yourself accountable. Right. And to all the aspects that you're, you're doing to increase your prayer life. And this is really for a full discipleship of um, developing the discipleship disciplines. But with prayer, how, how wonderful would it be to just keep track of, I was able to spend time with the Lord today. I was able to be silent. Right. And um, it's a way of keeping yourself on track. Yeah, so if you're doing a good job, then you'll have that, that visual reminder, like, hey, this is working. I've got some good momentum going. I'm going to keep it up. And if it's not, then you can look and analyze and say, okay, I'm trying to do this thing. I know it's important to me. What's keeping me from doing it? And how can I how can I change my schedule? How can I change my life and my habits so that the things that I really want to do actually get done? Yeah. Um, oh, this is really cool. I'm gonna. I, I did not know about Father or Deacon Poyo's checkbox systems. I think I'm gonna start using <laughs> it for Lent. That'll be one of my Lenten obligations. Oh, sweet, awesome. Um, well, uh, we are out of time for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again in one week. Sounds wonderful. So good to be with you guys today. Happy Lent. God bless. Bye. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.